are going to go in five, four, three, <clears throat> two, one. We should have like a gong or something, shouldn't we, for a hundredth episode? No, come I'm on. Sure look, we were... a sound effect in there. Yeah, just put the sound effect in. Yeah, they'll do that post, did it? Anyway, we're, we're recording. <laughs> Hello and a very, very special warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. 100th regular episode and, well, we're all here. <laughs> Rachel Burford, World Cup winner, leg end and current England captain, Sarah Hunter, leg end as well. Ladies, how are we? How are you, Sunter? Not particularly about life in purple, but outside of life in purple. How are things with you? We're going to hear from Sarah Beanie slash uh, Rachel Burford in a minute uh, with her renovation stories. But uh, how are you? How are things with you? Yeah, really good. I'm actually really jealous of uh, Burf's renovations as um, we were in the process of buying a house until last Thursday when we'd signed the contracts. Just hadn't exchanged and they pulled out. So, yeah. Oh. Second no. time it's happened in the last year. So, yeah, my I'd actually drawn my renovation plans out in my inspired grand designs way. So now they've had to be ripped up and thrown in the bin. Never mind, though. We're all good apart from that. Everything Kill. happens for a reason. So it was obviously not meant to be. Yeah, I'm a big believer that in 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 house buying and, and property buying, if it's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's yeah. clearly meant to be over with you, Berth. Um, but when will it be completely be? Well, it was meant to be Christmas 2021, but I think they didn't tell us the year, so maybe they meant 2022. <laughs> as good as it is, it is horrendous to live with. So, so I think you've you got to swerve. You swerved a, a good one there, for, especially with what you got coming up this year. Yeah, yeah, I probably didn't need the extra renovations to go with, but um, I do yeah. look on for inspiration from what you are what you are doing. So, yeah, maybe it'll come and help when finally do get something to to knock and mess around with. Yeah, good fun. How's Mocha? <gasps> She's all right. She's sleeping, feeling sorry for herself every now and then. So she punctured her eye in the woods on Friday. Really lost, like, literally just, I've just picked them up as well because I've been away. Went to take them to the woods, came home, and her eye looked like it was, like, falling out and was, oh, it was awful. Really bad, really distressing. But she is okay now. She's milking it. It's maybe a funny. Eyes Um, and things, Yeah. Certain areas on there, yeah, just don't go anyway. Um, we are coming at you as I say for the 100th regular episode, sort of midweek episode. Yeah, we've done some lockdown specials and that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, 100th episode today. And it, we thought we'd uh, just celebrate and, and just mark that that uh occasion by uh just having a, a little look back at some of our favorite moments and that kind of stuff. And being told, um the crew behind have been very sneaky and got a, a couple of messages um, from a few bods. So, um, yes, we will bring those up later on. But look, there's loads and loads of rugby to to get stuck into. Um, some some sevens out in Spain. Uh, the Prem 15s is back at the weekend, of course. Both of you with, with victories. We've got Nandy with all the international news. So that's all coming up on the pod. 
let's get into it then. Birth, you only Harry half job. Did uh, <laughs> did Malaga sevens, and then whizzed back home um, just to play or something. We're not that important. Um, but we were we were in Sevilla at the weekend. Um, you guys catch any of the the sevens? Very historic uh, event for for quite a few teams. Yeah, no, I did manage to catch quite a bit of it. Um, was following along with great interest on the results and saw that there were some different results this week, a few shocks and upsets and glad to see Poland still going strong as well. Really pleased on that. Your mum will be happy, Bert. <laughs> oh, she's so pleased. She was so chuffed when I said to her, can I have a Polish lesson with you and going over the no- names? Honestly, we filmed it. It's so funny, but um, but she is loving it. And then she tried to force me to take this massive book, which was translation of English into Polish. And I was like, Maybe maybe another time, Mum. She's like, no, no, take it, take it. <laughs> oh, <bless her. laughs> On the field centre, who were you? Who were you impressed with? I was uh, a bit of it. Yeah, following England, um, as you do, obviously, um, might be a different uh, number, but still very um, proud of our English girls, and especially, obviously, having some club players out there. Um, but I thought, I thought um, Meg Jones again was. Um, like outstanding, really. Um, I guess Abby ba- Abby Brown's like the heart of that team. Like she's just relentless. I feel like every time I watch the game, she do like a full forty minutes. And like I'm not a sevens player by any stretch of the imagination, but from what everyone's told me, to be able to do that like game after game is pretty impressive. So to have those two is sort of leading, inspiring their team. There's there's no wonder why over a short space of time they've like really progressed and there's some really exciting talent out there. I was blown away by Heather Cowell's try. Like the way she like took it and opened up and beat the defender on the outside. I was just like that that's something that like it's natural ability, isn't it? That you think, oh there's there's no way to go down there and a little bit of a step and um, put the afterburners on and she she scores like that amazing try. So yeah, they've got some real promising players. Um and it's really exciting to see where that that group can go now that they've sort of got a programme again. Yeah. No, they I mean they're, they're literally like days together, that's all so far. Uh, and as you say, it's a young squad and I'd... Caught up with uh, with Big Red James Rodwell, and you know, I th- and there's a, as you say, a huge amount of raw talent there. And one day he said, "Yeah, we, we just want them back themselves and, and just go for it a bit more." And actually, the next day they were superb. And it's yeah, you know, it's that that mental side of it. You know, you've been out there, you you, you played at birth, but that they they will only get mentally stronger, like you know, like the likes of Australia who've got you know three four of those key key players and Shani Williams and. Caslick and Demi Hayes and all the rest of it that that just knit the youngsters together and, and England, you know, you, you mentioned Meg Jones and Abby Abby Brown. Those are the kind of the experienced players in there trying to knit all of the squad together. So it it, it will come, don't you think, Beth? Yeah, I think you've got to give them some more time. The fact that they, you know, you look at week one didn't go particularly their way, and then how they managed to turn that around in four days. Let's remember that it's only four days between the tournaments to then play and then to turn you know, some really tough fixtures into going their way. I think Ellie Boatman was unbelievable. Never, I've not seen her perform like that. And I think that must be from that messaging of James Rodrigo, just go for it. I mean, how many people take on Nia Tapper and leave her for dead? And Ellie Boatman was like, I could feel her on my heels. I could feel, I was like, she wasn't. You, you'd done it. You absolutely done it on the outside. And little moments like that, 
that just gives you the edge next time. And so just building on all those little parts that, that worked well, you know, the Heather Cow backing herself to, to go down an alley where there's two defenders, you know, all of those start to mount up into, um, you know, being more confident, continuing to get, have a go and an opportunity, just taking them. So it's exciting to where they can go and they've got so much more growth and so much more time to, to get better. Um, but yeah, I was you know really pleased that they come away with a medal because they really did deserve it this weekend. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, we're, we're being a little, little slightly one-eyed here. Well, it's probably yeah. natural with with England and and whatever in the camp. Ireland, that was unbelievable. Fun. Their first ever final, um, and boy, didn't they deserve it? I thought they were just absolutely outstanding, and there's been plenty of of shadowy dark things to, to report from over mm-hmm. in Ireland of, of late. Um, but it was a, it was a, I felt a performance and you could sense it out there. Did a interview with um, Emily Murphy Crow. Um, and she's talking about heart and, and all the rest. Of it. And it was, it was just a, a performance forged in, in a huge amount of spirit and heart. Yeah. I, I was impressed with them week one and they, you know, they probably were just a bit inconsistent in Malaga, but then in Sevilla, they, every game, they raised their game. They were really clinical and they just, like you say, you could sense it that they had something that there was just, they weren't going to let this opportunity go again. They've been there a few times before and thought, no, 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 we're not letting this slip through. And, you know, I think Bevan Parsons has been, amazing for the last two weeks really seen her shine um and having Amy murphy crow and milhorn i mean those three alone are just absolute weapons and when they're on form and i've got evie higgins there's, there's so many that just absolutely stepped up to a new level and you know they've got new coaching um coaching in place so obviously you're seeing that quickly change what's happening on the pitch for them and I thought they were unlucky in that final I mean it, they could have won that final as well and but that will give them loads of confidence to think do you know what we should be in the top four we should be competing for medals we're not just that outside the team and um, I think overall like how exciting we saw five different teams with medals over two weeks and you still got Fiji and New Zealand's come back into that. I mean, that's a really exciting prospect to where the rest of the series is going to go. Let's get into the details of it then. Uh, yes. Ireland narrowly defeated 17-12 in the final by Australia. Australia pick up their third goal of the series. Of course, double Dubai gold and then obviously gold in Sevilla. But yeah, unbelievable. Uh, congratulations to Ireland. Absolutely superb. Um, England got, their first medal of the seven seasons, including bronze 1912 over the USA. I was uh, out there talking a little bit of rubbish on the, uh, on the microphone and I was lucky enough to pop down pitch side and catch up with shiny Williams literally minutes after winning that final. Well, sat here um, watching the men's final Australia against South Africa. Australia have just clinched gold. I'm one of the main ladies in green and gold. Shani Williams joins me now. It's fresh off the final. The emotions right now, Shani. Yeah, just ecstatic. Um, you know, just feeling extremely proud of this young team and just the grit and determination that they, they really fought out there. We knew that Ireland were going to be, you know, physical and tough. And, you know, these young girls really stepped up. Yeah, absolutely. That's third gold this series. You went around when they didn't win gold, so it's just the shiny Williams effect, yeah? <laughs> I don't know about that, Johnny. I just uh, love playing footy, and when we get the opportunity to play footy and 
you know, it's, it's really tough at the moment with COVID and things happening and, you know, New Zealand's not here, Fiji's not here. So, you know, really feeling for those girls in those countries that aren't being able to play some footy and um, just really loving being out there, mate. You, you watch around the place and obviously involved with the, watching the men's and, uh, and the women's and what have you. It seems to be an incredibly brilliant team ethos at the moment across the board. Uh, you really get that sense of that. That's uh, obviously there and where these performances are coming from. Yeah, well, I guess uh, Rugby Australia needed a bit of more of a revamp. Um, you know, rugby is competing against a lot of other sports in Australia. We've got AFL, soccer, cricket, all those those other sports um, that you have really great athletes that you probably lose to this amazing game. So, you know, we had to really unite. And you can see the jerseys that we're wearing. You know, the, the gold jersey that's an old... Um, 97 World Cup jersey um, from the Wallabies. So the Wallabies have it, the Wallaroos have it, and then us Sevens guys have it. So that's um, about being united. And when you find that people have a purpose and they're wanted, um, you definitely get a lot of better, a lot of good footy out of people when they feel like they're not just footy players. As ever, an outstanding answer. You speak so brilliantly. You're an unbelievable ambassador for the game. 38th to one, record-breaking stuff. Another gold medal. Go and enjoy the men's final. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Johnny. Really appreciate it, mate. Great to hear from Shani. Yeah, I think we've got a little message from her later on uh, with a sneaky crew behind our backs. Um, let's talk slightly closer to home then, ladies. I wanted to get, just get your thoughts on, of course, what was the big news last week uh, with TikTok being announced um, as the title partner, not sponsor, partner um, of the Women's Six Nations and the Autumn Series. As a player, right at the uh, the fulcrum, right at the top table, Sunta, how's that news settled with you? Yeah, I think um, it's great to finally have, um, like, say, a... Uh, a standalone title partner for the the women's game, and I think it's something we've been crying out for for years. We've almost just been a add on to to sponsors beforehand. So to actually have the TikTok Women's Six Nations as, as something that's our own, and I think is 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 really promising of where the game's going and where it can go in the future. And I think it's probably quite a smart move in terms of how we want to spreads the audience of the game to to younger girls and the age profile of the TikTok users is certainly something to 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 obviously a strength that will will benefit from and I think um and also social media and how things go viral if if we're on there like on a weekly basis throughout the Six Nations and build up Six Nations and how things can go from there. I think it, it's probably a, a really smart um piece of work that's been been done however it does um it just stressed me out a little bit that is tiktok <laughs> not having a tiktok account as you can probably imagine um and seeing like the younger girls and what they do on there in terms of like i mean you look at jess breach zoe harrison there ellie Kildern there they're all over tiktok and they love it and you see them practicing the little dance routines and all those sorts of things i'm like I hope nobody expects me to be start doing them because uh, that would be probably quite entertaining for a lot of people, but my worst nightmare, if I'm quite honest. I reckon it will be how not to do it Yeah, would be, would be your ones. And then it's when they start lip syncing and dancing at the same time. I'm like, oh, my God, that's like, yeah. 
too much. You make me have sweaty palms thinking about it. <laughs> Rocky's dived in. I mean, if Rocky can get involved in the, the barbarians' dances. There's no excuse, Inter. Yeah. Berth, how's it uh, how's it settling with you on a sort of uh, wider sort of scale? You know, everybody involved in the in, in the game internationally and what have you. Um, how how's how's that news settling uh, amongst those kind of groups? Yeah, I think like Cynthia said, it's such a smart play, isn't it? Yeah. And like to have to stand alone, all of that side of things is great. But actually, how are we going to really reach the people that we want to get to? We've got to use the avenues where they're at. And so I think it's a really, really positive move. And I also think it's hopefully that will shake everybody else up to look a little bit outside the box, to move away from the sponsors that are alongside the men and actually go for something that's going to reach what is for them. Um, so hopefully this is kind of the, the trendsetter, literally, like TikTok, that then goes viral around the world to, <laughs> to you know, enhance and hopefully get more unions and, and even clubs and all those kind of things to actually go, right, well, what can we do that's different, unique to us and is a niche to then grow the game or to bring in more revenue, etc. So I think it's a really smart move. I do have TikTok, but I have no idea how to use it. Um, Jess Breach, I think, is going to give me a lesson on it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a really good move. And, and like Cinta said, like, it's only positive, isn't it, for the game to have our own titled um, women's TikToks, women's Six Nations. It's class. And it's, like, it's, it's on its own. Like, this is what we've been dying for, obviously forced into moving the window last year. And, and there was loads of talk around. There was no sponsor or there was no partner. And so they are listening and they are moving. And again, that's another massive positive and, and a great step. So yeah, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, I'm enjoying seeing everybody jump on the bandwagon, like you say, Johnny, and seeing what material they're coming up with or if it's all copycat stuff. Um, but yeah, I saw Maritoji. He's just joined, and he's already got ten thousand followers. So I hope that also happens for the women as well. But yeah, but but, but yeah, I, I think that's the, the, the that's that's the main point, isn't it? The, the conversation's rattling around. You know, in Sevilla, you know, people are talking about it, and wow, isn't that you know, isn't that unbelievable that a company like that and we don't, you know, we don't know, and, and we, we never will know the, the, the details of the money and what's ring fence for the women, because it is, it is a partnership a, a, across uh, into the men as well. But I think, and it, yeah, I'm not being po- apologetic here. That, oh, aren't we grateful that the women's game's got it? But you know, companies have to, you know, commercially it has to be viable as well. And if they need a, a, a bit of a foothold uh, amongst the men as well, then, th- then fair enough, but it's getting the conversation going. And as you say, Beth, is it, Wow, TikTok involved? Then oh well, perhaps yeah. in, oh then oh we need to be sponsoring this. We need to be sponsoring that. Oh, well, I want to get involved as a brand, you know, because that's that's the level it is at now. Um, and low betide that you know people complaining because actually the last two three years it hasn't been there, and yeah. you know it's it's it's, it's massively massively positive. So I think Johnny for so long we're always looking at other sports going, oh, we should maybe do that and we should think about But And I think this time other sports going, hey, Cole, we missed a trip there. And now you get that kind of, like you just said, oh, what are we missing out on? We should be involved in that if they're doing it. Imagine what, you know, what presence we can have when things go viral and they're on there. So, you know, I think for once, rugby, women's rugby, people are looking in going, we missed a trick there. We should have thought of that. Now we're going to try and get on the bandwagon. We, 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 we've said for a while, haven't we? It, it, it's going to take one, one, one brave sort of commercial partner. Um, and 
yeah, it's not a bank and it's not a yeah, it's not an alcohol brand, um, which is where we where we normally go. And it and it is it's different. And fair play to the Six Nations, we've given them some stick, you know, justifiably in the past. But keeping the 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 separate window, they didn't have to. Keeping the super super Saturday didn't have to, and you know that's different from from the men. And actually, we're beginning to realise that the women's game needs a, a different approach because it's, it's a different product. But it's um, yeah, this has put us hopefully into a different place. Um, and the official timer as well, Bertling, Brightling, yeah, them as well. <laughs> um, that conversation is going to go well later in the week. Uh, Brightling, um, official uh, timekeeper. But again, it, it's a massive, massive brand. Um, yeah, and you see these watch companies with, you know, whether it be you know, Djokovic or you know, Messi or whatever, you know, wearing their, foot, their, their their watches and what have you. And again, it's, you know, again, that's men and women. Um, and I think that's, you know, it, it's very, very positive. So we're, we're all okay to have a, a nice new watch, yeah? You sort it out for us, John, yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> brightling, you heard it. You brightling, you heard it here first uh, <laughs> with your with your name right. Hello, you lovely people. I'm Shauna Brown, and you're listening to Women's Rugby Pod. Ladies, let's get into some uh, Prem 15s then. Um, sticking <laughs> domestically, good wins here both at the weekend. Um, well, let's talk about the weekend first. We'll, we'll have a look at uh, next weekend, do some predictions. And they just generated just the, the state of play as we're now in the final furlong of, of the season, six or seven games left. But um, since you, another needed win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, start to look at the table and um, after the start we had, we, we can't really afford to slip up. Like, so... Not saying every game's a must-win game, but we can't afford to lose many, many more. Um, and I think probably what makes it still still possible is that you sort of see that top seven, everyone seems to be beating everyone, or as we saw at the weekend, drawing and stuff like that. So I think that, whereas years gone by, you probably get to this stage and be like, oh, well, the top four is done and dusted. Whereas I think there's still a real window of opportunity for probably like from seventh place up to still fight it out for that for that fourth place probably um and then i guess the the top four are playing out for for those home home semi-finals so it's really exciting that like you say what was maybe six rounds left to go and it, it's not it's not decided and i think it will come down to the last few games of the season especially when you look at um some of the fixtures towards the end of the season and regular time about um, some of those top teams playing each other as well. It could come um, and be very interesting, to say the least. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, 100%. And good win for you, Berth against Gloucester. Yeah, it was. I think we were a little bit nervy going into that game just because of the run that Gloucester have had. You know, they've been almost beating a lot of teams in that kind of top seven, as as Sims was saying, then beating Exeter. You know, all those mind games that go on. They beat Exeter, we lose to Exeter. And so, um, but yeah, look, we, we had a really disruptive week as well. We lost quite a few players late and um, 
obviously trying to come back from that defeat against Exeter. So I was really pleased with, with the with the result that we produced against a really quality side. So, so yeah, it kind of um, kicked us back on. But like Heston to said, like the the fixtures that are coming up, there's some really important games for a lot of teams, um, and us being this week is is one of those. Indeed, it is. Let's go through those results then. Um, so yeah, just to put it into details, Harlequins 26, Gloucester 12, Loughborough Lightning 58, DMP 5. Let's move on to the other games that you weren't involved in then. Uh, Sale Sharks 5, Bristol Bears 36. You're up there on the microphone, Berth. What did you make of Sale and Bristol? Are they, have Bristol turn a, a corner back? Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously came back out at second half. And I think the whole idea was first half really run them around, really tire them out and then make sure that they take their opportunities in, in the second half, which they did really well. Um, and I think for Sale, it was just a sort of case they came after. And, you know, they got themselves into some incredible... MBA. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Incredible positions and opportunities to really take it to, to Bristol. But, you know, the pressure from Bristol just kind of fell, you know, consistently. Every time Sale ended up in their 22, they forced an error, forced a turnover. Line out was a big area that let them down. You know, a couple of, um, you know, if they took a couple of opportunities in that second half, it would have been a closer game. And the tries that um, Bristol scored, um, they were really well drilled tries, like especially the ones from the set piece and Sarah Burns' magical run through the middle of everybody. Um, but yeah, I think you know, definitely probably a frustrated first half for, for Bristol. Um, a lot of errors, but that was Sale forced that on you. I mean, since you would play them as well, and we played them. Their first half is always brilliant, but their message was it doesn't matter what you do in the first half, we've got to back it up in the second half. And so. So, yeah, I think, you know, there'd be a lot for a sale that they would look back and go, we missed a lot of opportunities and we, we had chances there. I and mean, they'd be disappointed that they missed those. Yeah, but I'd completely uh, agree with that. I mean, I watched the game and um, Sale got them in, themselves into some really great positions. And you just think if they could have converted them, then it would have yeah. made it would have made the game so different. And then you're asking Bristol to potentially be in a position where they haven't been too often this season and maybe coming from behind or having a lot of pressure on them and yeah I just I just felt um for sale if they could like you say convert them or come out second half and and yeah just a few a few different decisions at times and um and we've seen them progress over the season I mean for me personally, I'm hoping that they don't convert those chances on on Saturday because we, we've got them um but we I mean Going up to sales a really tough place to to go. Like we went there with the cup in the autumn internationals and 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 lost there to them. Um, so under no illusion that it's a really difficult place, especially when they keep keep progressing. That like you say, if they can put in a good second half performance, then it's almost waiting for them to to get that yeah. victory against one of the one of the more established teams that they that they'll they'll get. Nicely put. Um, speaking of established teams, the league leaders um, stay on top on 53 points. Bristol 46, Exeter third on 40. Um, Saracens 20, 39, uh, Worcester 28. Um, 
they continue to to do what Saracens do. Yeah, they do, don't they? Um, I mean, I haven't seen the game. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the the um, highlights, and I saw Joe Yap's quote about you know, I think they're they're really disappointed because they had them there and they could have taken them. But as you say, Saris be Saris and managed to rob it either at the death or or managed to run away with it in the last quarter. Um, but yeah, there's like there's clearly something going on in Worcester. Like they're they're improving week on week out. We say that, and you know, I just feel like there's a big upset on the cards for, from Worcester. Um, yeah. They've got some brilliant young talent, and that's quite a scary prospect for the future of that Worcester team. Yeah, I agree. But I think Worcester in a really good place. I mean, we lost to them at the beginning of the season, which shows like when when you don't perform to the level like you expect or require in the Prem, then there are going to be teams that come along and, and take those wins. And and the, the talent that Worcester have now got, I mean, at the start of the Prem, they had young players and these young players are now, what, four seasons in with experience. And now I think what Joe's done is she's bring it, brought in some really good international players around, around those young players to, to bolster the side. And I think... Um, with the coaching that they've got there, uh, they're they're certainly on that that journey, and I I could I can see them again like causing more upset um, towards the end of this season. I think if that Wasps Worcester game had gone ahead, I think that would have been an interesting um, result um, at the start of um, the year, the new year. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't. But I think um, yeah. They're just—it's just sort of writings on the walls, I think, in terms of them producing a a really, really great game that sort of probably beats one of those sort of top six sides. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to to, to clarify, yeah, uh, game didn't go ahead because they weren't quick medical services, i.e., an ambulance at uh, at Worcester. That's now gone and been arbitrated on, and um, yeah, whilst get the full five points, but no further sanctions to Worcester. But I agree, the, I, I think. It's still too too young right now, and I think they probably won't get to that top four. But they may well affect who isn't going to get in that top four. Um, and I think in the next couple of years, I think yeah, all in agreement. Isn't that lovely on our ton? They're all agreeing that Worcester are going to be great in the next few years. Um, so that's fabulous. The only other result was uh, extra fifteen wasps fifteen. Um, Claire Malloy in the centres. Yeah, I was. Um, uh, we played Wasps the week before, and uh, Malloy was in the centres, and um, and it was a a real surprise. Not a surprise. I spoke to her before the game, and I was like, "Oh, you got a new position." And obviously, playing with her at Bristol, I think she played a few times in Bristol. But literally, I think one of her first involvements was a kick. Uh, well, we kicked to them. She caught it in the 22 and booted it 50 metres down the pitch as a clearance kick. And I'm like, this is from your, your seven. But she was, I mean, she was good that day. And by all accounts, she she was really good um, for them on on Saturday against Exeter. Yeah, they got a lot of players missing for, let's probably not go into the reasons why. Yeah, they got sevens players, um, you know, Abby Burton, Eddie Boatman, uh, Meg Jones. Uh, Karis Williams has come back up to to you guys at, at Loughborough. There's a few injuries, Ireland caps, this this kind of stuff. Um, missing out, apologies. But yeah, you, you've got to shape your squad to to, to you know, the rigors of the season and what it's like. I know there's a COVID situation, but 
that all into account, that's a pretty pretty decent result against a, a tough exercise down there, Berth. Yeah, it's huge. I think, you know, I think if you used to put team sheets next to one another, you'd be expecting that to be a result towards Exeter and considering what where their form has been. Um, but what's, they, Giselle manages to get them to have this kind of self-belief and this kind of warrior mentality to to fight for everything. And, you know, sticking your one of your best tacklers and jacklers and workhorses in the middle of the, of all those players is a really smart move. I mean, she's often putting back rowers in the centres, whether it's Abby Burton or putting her at fullback. Um, so, yeah, I think really impressive. I think Giselle also mentioned that, you know, it was a real 80-minute performance from them. So they didn't then drop off tail end. You look at the... The game against you guys tonight, probably first half, you didn't expect to see that end result. And so I think, you know, they'll be really pleased with that. And and they're still in the hunt. They're still on the fight. And like you say, they've got a lot of talent to come back into the side. Um, also, Amy Wilson-Hardy, she's, you know, a big player for them. Meg Jones, Claudia, like they've got Harry Miller-Mills. Like they had so many players not playing. And then to put in a result like that, I think that will just make them grow and be like, we're on. We can still beat. We can still beat any team on the day. Um, and fair play to Flo Williams. Like you know, she doesn't get many plaudits or many opportunities because when you've got Meg Jones in your team, she's often the one that's going to be in the team. And and to to draw the game with that kick is it, brilliant for her as an individual, but also to say to Giselle, look, you can trust me. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You talk about that that chasing pack. Of course, uh, you're in that uh, berth. Harlequins fourth on forty, same same as Exeter. Um, is your points difference? Yeah, points difference is a bit different. Washington fifth, thirty four. Then Gloucester Harbury thirty three. Loughborough Lightning thirty one. Um, so yeah, it's getting tight, and it's going to be very very interesting. So, who's your top four going to be? Prediction time. Who's your top four going to be? For the top four? Oh, wow. Yeah. didn't say about this, Johnny. I haven't given any thought. Um... I'll help you. Harlequins. <laughs> um... Here's one. Should we, should we all go Saris? Well, yeah, Saris. What a Bristol on. And I'm a, I'm a visual person. I need to say this. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, 53 Saris. Bristol, 46. On 12. Harlequins have only played 11 on 40. Chiefs, 40. Have played 12. Then Wasp, 34. Gloucester, 33. Loughborough, 31. You're going to say Loughborough, aren't you? So there's two. Saracens, Bristol, Harlequins, Lightning. I think he's purely saying that just to be nice to you as well, Perth. Now, they've got a game in hand, haven't they, though? They have got a game in hand. Yeah, Yeah, we have. So, yeah, they they would go third. Uh, Perth. Quins, check. Yeah. Joe, you know I'm going to say the same as Sunter. Wow. Good stuff. Well, good at you, Bob. That's your opinion. Magic. You've got some good player called Emily Scarrett's come back. So. Beautiful. A lot of love flying around on the pod uh, here today. <laughs> um, your next game is. Sharks away at the weekend, Sunta. Sorry, you didn't uh, give us your top four. All right. Um, nice. nice. I am going to go Saracens 
Um, I think Bristol got enough points. I think they will be there. It would be stupid to write off the champions who have a game in hand. So that's Harlequins. Will you ever speak to me again, Sunta? Of course I will. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's something about Exeter. And it's not an easy place to go and play. And they've got you're nine points ahead of you in the same amount of games. I think nine points is too much to make up. I can't write across the heartbreak either. I'm going I'm to go Exeter. Should we find that boot <laughs> I like Devon. Uh, moving swiftly on. Let's see some more predictions this weekend. Bristol Bears against Worcester. 12 o'clock Saturday. Home win. Who's at home? Bristol, Worcester. Bristol. You don't say the home. Team. I don't know. I think Worcester will look at... Oh! They could take them. And I think they'll take all the confidence from that Saris game. They, they could be an upset. But you're going to go Bristol? No, I'll go Worcester. Mix it up. Lovely. This is quick fire. I love it. Um, Shunta? Um, I, well, I had a very similar thought process to birth on that. You both get Worcester? Oof. Um, okay. Just, not just... Worcester? Uh, I'm going to be cantankerous. Uh, I'm going to go Bristol. That's purely just to, to be different to you guys, so I can get ahead in the race. Uh, DMP Wasps. 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 Away win there. Gloucester Hartbury Exeter. Gloucester Hartbury. Mm. I don't know. I just think they're at home. They, they, did they win down there? Yeah. Um, yeah they did didn't they um, yes Gloucester Hartbury is such a difficult place to go and play like they just have a habit of like running teams real close or and so I think they'll be wanting to yeah to get that get the wins from those narrow losses and I think they they know they need to win I think to stay in the running of it Okay. Um, They're going to have some players back as well, aren't they? They're going to get Tatiana back, which is big for them. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to say extra. Yeah, I'm going extra. Um, Harlequins, Saracens. What are you saying? Burke, you're going Quins. Yeah. Make sure you're looking me in the eye when you're giving me this thought. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to Saracens. Him. You always do that, Johnny. Every time. <laughs> I yeah. I think they're at home. It's your game changer. Big fans um, behind you. I think um, yeah. I think Saracens look vulnerable in games at times, but they have a knack of finding a way to win. But I think obviously when you played them at home, you you like counteract that completely, and I think they'll be that that'll be in the back of their minds. So I think um, I think at home, uh, I think you'll you'll edge it. Just going to write I... all that down and let everybody know. England captain thinks this. Let's go. 
<laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I was interested to say as a, as a joke because I knew you'd react like that, Beth. Um, but, but I think psychologically, if if you're serious about being backing up, being champions, I think it's it's a game you kind of have to win. Um, for the not particularly for the points, but the psychological side of it. Um, yeah. so I, I think, yeah, I well, let's go, Quins. You've got big players who, who like to step up um, on the big occasion. Sale against Loughborough. Loughborough, they're on a run. Oh, hi, Mocker. Loughborough, they're on a, they're on a run. Loughborough. Boom. There's your predictions. We disagreed, didn't we? Um, Sunter went Costa Hartbury. Berth and I went Exeter. And what else do we disagree on? We disagreed on Bristol, Worcester. You two went Worcester and I went for Bristol. There's the domestic chat, but let's get up to date with all the news from around the world. Here's Nandi Butelezi. I'm Stacey Flula and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Big thank you, Johnny and the team. It is episode 100, and what an honor to be Mashenge Nandi Butelezi from South Africa presenting the news on the WRP podcast. This has been a life changing experience for me, and the feedback has been quite amazing. Everybody's literally commenting on my stories and asking, Where can we get the link? How can we tune in? So, I must say, the content as well is well received. This side, we just start off this week's news, this week's news rather, with the severe sevens. It was a weekend of first in Australia, continue their winning ways with their third gold of the season to date. They narrowly defeated Ireland in the final, winning 17 12. However, arguably, the biggest story is that Ireland won silver. Now, this was a historic final for Ireland as it was their first final ever and they pushed Australia all the way. And similarly, England got their first medal of the seventh season, claiming the bronze in a 1912 victory over the USA. Moving over, the qualification process for the 2025 World Cup has been confirmed and it plans to qualify the 16 teams via the hosts and three to four teams who are at the semi-finals of the 2021 World Cup and six teams via winning regional tournaments and the last five to six from the top teams in the 2024 World Rugby rankings. Will this work though? Well, we'll definitely have to see. And a new law will trail at the Women's Six Nations alongside the Men's Six Nations and the Under-20 Championships. Both hookers will be required to ensure one foot, the break foot, is extended towards the opposition during the crouch and bind phases of the scrum engagement sequence. Referees will penalize a failure to comply with a free kick, and this is aimed to have a positive impact towards decreasing scrum collapses and resets and increasing player welfare, particularly in the front row. Moving over to Premier Rugby Sevens, North America Professional Sevens League will have an East Coast Open trial on the 20th of February at Charlotte, North Carolina. And why not give it a try? And the final dates for the Women's European Championship 2022 rather, have been announced. And a round robin between Spain, Russia and the Netherlands will take place. Spain will take on Russia on the 20th of Feb. And Spain will then take on Netherlands on the 27th of Feb. And Russia will go head-to-head against the Netherlands on the 12th of March, 2022. 
More international signings in the Premier 15s as Carter Jacobs, a South African international, has signed for Saracens for the remainder of the season. Now, she's the second South African to sign in the Premier 15s. Well, congratulations to her. And time for results from the top leagues around the world and starting in England in the Championship in the North. And Barnsley get a home victory against West Park Leeds winning 17-0, while Cheltenham also get a victory winning 49-10 against Lichfield. Novocastrians also getting a win, winning 34-19 against Furwood Waterloo, while Kenilworth lose at home against Town, losing that clash 26-22. Safton versus Harrogate was postponed and Cheltenham sit at the top of the table on 57 points with West Park Leeds on 45 points. And in the South, Buckingham Swans get a home victory against Hove, winning that clash 17-10, while Henley lose at home against Thurrock, losing 27-12. Reading Abbey also lose at home against Bath, losing that clash 50-17, while Richmond get a home victory against Blackheath, winning that clash 24-19. The Old Albanians versus Supermarine was postponed, and Thurrock are first on the table with 54 points, with Bath chasing in second on 48 points. The fixtures this weekend will be Barnsley taking on Kenilworth. Forward Waterloo will go head-to-head against Cheltenham, while Harrogate will host Novocastrians. Litchfield will take on Loughborough Town, and West Park Lees will take on Sefton. And over in the South, Bath will take on Richmond. Blackheath will go head-to-head against Henley. Old Albanians will take on Buckingham Swans, while Thurrock will host Hove, and Supermarine will take on Reading Abbey. Moving over to Ireland, the results from last weekend in the Energia or Ireland League. Belancolic get a home victory against Cook, winning 22-10, while Malone lose at home against Wilklow, losing that clash. A very, very narrow loss there, losing 13-12, while Railway Union get a victory against Old Belvedere. Very close victory there, winning 11-10. Suetonians also get a home victory against Galvegians, winning that clash 26-19, while UI Bohemian lose at home against Blackrock College, losing 31-22. The top four in the table remain unchanged, with Railway Union and UI Bohemian contesting for first. Next weekend in round 13, Belancolic will take on Suetonians, Cook will take on Wilklow. Galvegians will go head-to-head against Malone. Old Belvedere will take on Blackrock College. And the top of the table clash will be UR Bohemian taking on Railway Union. Moving over to Scotland, it was finals day for the Tenants Premiership and Wilsonians produced a dominant display to retain the Premiership title with a massive 67-0 win over Hillhead Jordan Hill. Congratulations to the side for retaining the title. Next, we move over south to France in round 10 of Elite 1. And it was Lens that would walk away with a victory against Stade Francais, winning 12-0 in that encounter. ASM Rukbanar lose at home against Stade Toulouse, losing that clash 24-12, with FC Grenoble getting a home victory against Stade René, winning 22-11. AC Popogny was on a bye. We do move over to Pool 2 and Stade Bode get a victory against Lille, winning 24-9, with Black Knight Rugby also getting a victory against Montpellier, winning that clash 21-8. AS Bene is not managing to get any points on the scoreboard this week, and Lyon would walk away with a 25-0 victory in that clash. Chile Mazarin was on a bye. So Stade Tulisia are top of Pool 1 on 39 points, with ASM Rubinar in second on 24 points, and Stade Borde tops Pool 2 on 38 points, with Montpellier coming in second on 35 points. The Elite 1 does go on a break, but it does resume on the 20th of February 2022.
and finally landing in Spain round 11 of the Liga Ipetora, and it was Crata Residencia that would walk away with a massive 73-7 victory against Sanchez Groom. Olimpico Topozelo drew 31-all against Mahatonda. Eva and Cotiva Cocos also draw 12-all, and Coplitenses' Nieros versus San Cuga was postponed until the 19th of February 2022. That's all from me, Johnny. Happy 100, WRP. See you next week. I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. Nadi, thank you very much for all that news. It just leaves us a, a, a little chat, and we're not people, uh, and this never was meant to be like this, to to look inwards rather than outwards all the time. But um, it is our 100th episode, and from the heady days of the, above a garage, um, with a couple of microphones and, and sticking stuff together and me uh, me editing really, really poorly um, to slightly more polished production that um, we have now. Um, it's been a, been a fun journey so far, Berth. Yeah, it's been a bit mental, hasn't it? If you think of that first session above the garage, face-to-face, I mean, we used to have like three interviews a week and then lockdown happened then we went virtually more people have come involved it's been it's been really really epic like to and I think I don't think we really realize what how much our listeners love it until you start hearing people say thank you so much and get it in touch and that's the whole point of us doing it and you know really sticking true to that um as if it's at a hundred, like that's mental that we've managed to survive and you haven't managed to kill me between there's been a few occasions when probably you wanted to. Um, but yeah, no, it's incredible. And <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you jumped on the bandwagon sunset. Thank you yeah, so much for, for coming on board. Um, why did you feel you wanted to, to get in, in, involved? I just think um, before we get into that, I, like from coming on board, I don't think you ever appreciate like how much work goes in behind. So for you guys, like you say, from where you've come to where you are now and the time and effort that you've both put in like voluntarily to, to get the the women's rug pod to where it is now is, is incredible. And you guys should be, should be massively proud of that. I think as, as um, a listener, you just go out, you, you put it on whatever mechanism you're listening to it and it, it's great and it's happy and you think, well, it's just for that period of time. But the amount that goes into it, to the research, to everything is is like massive credit to, to the journey that you've been on to, to get it to this stage. So I think um, I think we've got like as a, a rugby community, I've got a thank you to, to you guys for, for starting it up and continuing when it, it it has been difficult at times and the time commitment it does take and the challenges that it's faced and um for for getting it to because both you're absolutely right people love it and like it's something they look forward to every week and it's not just news in england it's like across the globe and yeah so first of all that's brilliant so massive well done to to you two on that and i think that's part of the reason like to sort of come in be a ad hoc person whenever whenever you guys need because it it's great you, you two are great people to work with but in terms of like the community and what we're trying to do and to spread women's rugby around the world and to increase the 
the visibility, the popularity, uh, share news with everyone. Like that's what we want about. We want to grow the game, and I think this is a great way of of doing that. So to to play a very very small part in that is is like something like really um, honoured to be involved in. Oh, it's uh, very kind of you to say, and I think that, that was always the. Yeah, the premise was that there there wasn't anything in the in the space literally around the world, and you know, exclusively global women's rugby. Arguably, was still the only one doing that. Um, and yeah, we we don't have a a massive production team behind us, and and you know, it, it's not as polished as it as it could be. The potential should we get you know a partnership, a sponsorship, whatever, to to actually push it a little bit further. Um, you know, w- would be amazing, but you know, I think it's we all listen to to podcasts. I'm guessing and rugby podcasts. And you go to rugby podcasts for different reasons, and you know, for me, the BBC one, the, the the guys do. It's there every single week. You know what you're going to get, and you're going to get everything all in one chunk. And something Lisa Burgess said to me, he said, you know, I don't I don't have time to read article after article after article. I just turn your podcast on. I know what's going on in the in the in the game of women's rugby from around the world. And, it, and it's done and it's dusted and, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is. And that's exactly what we wanted it to be. And that's why, you know, at, at times it's a hell of a struggle to to get a, a weekly episode out. But, yeah, that's what we stuck to. And um, hopefully that's you know, what what we do for people. It's just a regular, very, very trusted resource um, of, of women's rugby. Um, and, you know, and there's no greater compliment because, you know, not lots of other people, but, but, but other people are, are copying you know, certainly our guest list and, and that kind of stuff, you know, stuff we've done months and months ago um, are being copied and what have you. So, um, no, I, I, it's been great fun. I just want to say in tandem and, um, yeah, all roads are bumpy, aren't they? But um, it's been bloody good fun. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate your support on, on lots of different levels uh, for for being in our branded tops together this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's something we do. We should be incredibly proud of. And uh, thank you very much to you as well, Sunja, for for coming on board. What a what a, what an honour our, our way that um, the current England captain wants to wants to be involved. Um, but also just constant supporters, Scrum Kings, Ali Donnelly, uh, always sharing our stuff. Sarah Orchard, they understand. You know the the role it, it, we're trying to play. Max at Women's Sports Data, PHG Sports, Feastockley, Wendy, your Scrum Half Connection. Or without a doubt, every single week, like and share, and you know that those are those are proper rugby ambassadors, women rugby ambassadors themselves to to do that. So thank you very much. While we're on thank yous, so it's a big long monologue, isn't it? But yeah, it's not not all put together by by Berth and I, um, Jez and and Luke in the early days. Um, Mo's done a couple of presenting slots, rugby nut early on, Jenny and Harry. And then the, yeah, the, the team around us at the moment, uh, Blue Bell and Tom and Sean, um, really, really appreciate everything you do, guys. Um, I'm f- fully aware I'm not the easiest person to, to work with at times. Um, so I appreciate it. But, yeah, what you are a p- big part of, of what we do. And, and Nandy coming on, bringing a huge amount of energy. So, oh, there's the thank yous over and done with. Have there been any favourite moments in the last 100 birth or, or any guests or chats or interviews? Too many to... Yeah. Think, yeah, we're sort of, I don't know, I think a hundred, oh, I'm going to say like 130 odd guests. Do you, um, do you know what? I still think my favourite, and I don't, it might not even be included, but was the live. It was just so good to be in a room full of people and see how many people bought tickets to come and watch the pod. 
like there's one thing like since I said earlier to just stick it on your Apple playlist or whatever and listen to it wherever you are but to come out your way to buy a ticket to spend your evening with us that was really special and it was such a good night such a good night um so yeah I reckon that's probably my favorite there's too many guests to highlight one or two because they're always so brilliant yeah could agree with you more so any particular episodes or shows you've been involved which stick in the in the mind more than others I think um, one in particular, I think it was when you had, I, I was on as a guest and I think um, Lindsay Pete and there was someone else, but I think it was just listening to Lindsay Pete. Like I didn't really know too much about her story in the depths, but just hearing like, like what she'd done and what she'd achieved in her career, I was thinking that's just like pretty incredible. I mean, generally international rugby players are international rugby players, but like what she'd done uh, and how and what she's done in a career like playing at 40 years old I thought was um, it was pretty impressive and like I as a as a rugby fan I just enjoyed listening to that um, and hearing about her story yeah no I, I yeah I remember you being particularly sort of taken taken by that uh, at the time you yeah, had six days special last year I think with uh, Rona Lloyd and, and Lisa Burgess uh, and you kind of came on um I'm going to wade in with one. Yeah, you know, just for, for me, um, actually the the Welsh journey and Chan Lily crap. And you know, there's been lots of dark times in Welsh rugby and, and the pain in her eyes of you know, having her on the pod and interviewing her months ago to, to the elation now um, and being a bit able to a small part of, of telling that story is, uh, was lovely. Um, and Sarah Bimrajadi, um down in Syria, unbelievable when she had we had her on she absolutely blew me away um and yeah that that sticks in the in the mind amongst the lives and, and others but yeah as you say they've all been great fun and we thoroughly enjoyed doing them i do think that the team have been a little bit sneaky and i've got a couple of messages happy 100th episode to the women's rugby pod thank you for providing a platform and being a voice for women's rugby Johnny, Sarah and Berth, you are absolute legends in what you have created. Enjoy this milestone. Keep pushing the barriers and rising the ceiling for women's rugby. I'm so grateful that I was able to be one of your episodes out of this hundred. Enjoy, guys. Johnny Hammond, it gives us great pleasure on Burns Night, nonetheless, for me to be here with this famous, fabulous woman, to say a huge big congratulations to you and Rachel Burford. Massive congratulations. Women's Rugby Club, it's just fantastic. The hundredth episode, may there be many more because they're absolutely wonderful. I've been on the, web- the webcast, as has Jocko, Nicola Ponsford here, legend, England performance director, now with World Rugby, Sarah Abbotton, Jenny Watkinson, England squad of yesteryear. And what's the most important thing is that we're all mates and we're away celebrating Burns Night in Austria together 30 years after we used to play rugby together. So right. women's rugby is the best thing and you're doing yes. a great job promoting it. Carry on, Congratulations. Congratulations. Cheers, Charlie. Cheers, Charlie. Hey, guys, it's Shua Lily Crap. 100 episodes. Wow. What an achievement. Love your podcast. Love listening to it. Uh, and love joining you as a guest. So keep up the good work. Your coverage of women's rugby is super. So uh, hopefully catch you soon. I'm Emily Scarrett and you
you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. How lovely to, to get those messages. Um, yeah, very, very heartwarming from... Wow, some some proper legends. What gorgeous words from, from Sharni Williams. Um, Sharni nearly crap. I mean, yeah, proper legends of the game and they think that highly of, this, of our little pod. And um, yeah, to hear from... <laughs> Jill Burns and Jock and Nicky Ponsford where they're clearly having a very very good night somewhere uh, on yeah. Burns night it does make it all all worthwhile very very heartwarming thank you very much for, for putting those together uh, the team behind and for, for those people taking a moment or two to, to give us those really really appreciate it let's finish as we always do with some shout outs Sunta what do you got for us so I've got two from Saracens first up um, huge congratulations to Hannah Casey on hitting the big 100 milestone appearances for Saracens and also for Cara Wardle, who at such a, a young age has managed to hit the big 5-0 as well. So um, big occasion uh, down there at the weekend and they topped it off with a win. So uh, well done to them. And I'm sure she will have uh, many more caps to come. But- yeah, same across the other side of London. We had three 50 caps run out when in Jess Breach, Lucy Packer, both still very, very young. And Dav's not going to appreciate me saying that. And then following up with Dav, Catelyn also <laughs> running out for her 50th with her son, Caden, in um, tandem, which was awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, the, the pace in which she's got back from uh, being a new mum, just just exceptional. And she's, uh, she's still bringing it, isn't she? Um, DMP, over to DMP. George Roberts, 50th for her. Many congratulations. Chapeau. And... Lusanda Dunkey over in South Africa, who won both Female Player of the Year and Provincial Player of the Year South African Rugby Awards. Another lady picked up an award uh, was for Referee of the Year was Amy Perrette. She was Amy Perrette-Theron coming to the end of her career as well. So many congratulations on a a stellar career. She refereed you guys in 2014. uh, One of the best, if not the best. Yeah, absolutely. I think... um... At the time, it was all about the the quality of women's refs coming through, and she certainly trailblazed yeah. um, that international scene. And she went on to to a lot more success. And uh, think she was first to referee in Super Rugby, maybe, or That's certainly right, yeah. assist in, in a game. Anyway, so she's gone on to to great things, both in the men's and women's game. So has had a an illustrious uh, refereeing career. So wish her all the success and whatever she chooses next. There we are then. That's 100 done. Striked off, raising the bat and the helmet to the uh, to the crowd. Uh, ladies, once again, thank you so much. You, the listeners, if you didn't listen, we wouldn't make it. Um, well, we might do, but no, thank you very much for listening. Much, much appreciated. And we'll see you for 101 next week. And who knows, in 100 episodes, time again. Sunta, Berth, take care. Go well at the weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.